Welcome to California School News Radio. Here are your hosts, Kevin Osmus and Drew Schlossberg. Good day to you. This is California School News Radio, the voice of education in California. Every week we bring you newsmakers from the world of education to discuss what's going right in our schools from the perspective of administrators, teachers, students, parents, and community members. I am Kevin Osmus from VMA Communications, and with me today is my colleague and co-host Drew Schlossberg. How are you doing today, Drew? Just doing fine and dandy. Looking forward to this wonderful chat with these uh, two great educators. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, and, and here's some news for you. This, this is our final show of 2022. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. <laughs> I know. It just goes so quick. Uh, so uh, so no matter how you celebrate the holidays, uh, Christmas, uh, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, even Festivus for the rest of us, uh, please take the time to uh, enjoy time with your loved ones and 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 relax. Uh, you know, one of the thing about the holidays is that it can be a great time for some and not so great for others. And that brings us to our final subject here on California School News Radio this year, mental health and wellness. Uh, today we're at El Monte Union High School District, where they have established a series of wellness centers at every high school. Uh, this is a new trend at school districts, and El Monte Union is right on the forefront of this. Uh, they're kind of taking the lead on this, and so uh, we are very honored today to have with us on the program uh, El Monte Union Wellness Coordinators Imelda Morones and Daniela Chavez. Uh, welcome to California School News Radio to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. So, uh, well, again, it's an honor to have you on the program. Uh, I, I, we, we met the other day. Uh, you are very, both of you, very bright, bubbly, happy people. Uh, but, uh, but, but, but your jobs uh, uh, are, are talking to people that are, are maybe going through some, some troubles. Um, and, and the fact that they, at every single school in the El Monte uh, Union High School District, uh, they have a uh, someone there to talk to them, whether it is a licensed uh, marriage and family therapist like you are, Daniela, or an associate clinical social worker like you are, Imelda. Uh, they are in good hands. Uh, so I guess I'd just like to start uh, more of a general question. Why at this particular time in our lives, uh, at this point in our history, is mental health so important, and and why is it uh, important for all of us uh, to to be mentally fit and aware? And Melda, we'll start with you, and then then Daniela, go ahead and uh, and and add your thoughts after that. I think although there's um, so much destigmatization that um, still needs to be done, I believe that people are more comfortable talking about mental health now. And so they're more comfortable about talking about the needs for mental health. Um, I think definitely um, coming out of the pandemic um, or coming out of the lockdown from the pandemic has really highlighted areas of need. And it's really um, accelerated the conversation around mental health um, because the need is so high now and, um, and just so magnified. Daniela, you want to add to that? Yeah, I definitely um, agree. And it's a conversation I think we've all had um, often here as we've created this program is 
you know, we wanted to be prepared for students who are dealing with so much and our community is dealing with healing through a lot of the uh, grief, a lot of loss, a lot of, um, you know, anxiety, a lot of depression that is that was really highlighted by the pandemic and continues to be. So I think that's why it's so at the forefront right now. And so that brings us to uh, schools, the El Monte Union uh, High School District, and uh, this particular program. We've got students, we've got pandemic. This program, however, I mean, although it's been established after the pandemic, was in the was in the works even before the pandemic. Uh, uh, I believe it was uh, Director of Pupil Services Alejandro Leon who, who had the idea that he wanted to do something like this uh, throughout the district. And so, uh, Imelda, maybe you can uh, take up the the story from there. How exactly uh, was the wellness program started at El Monte Union, and then uh, you and Imelda, uh, you and Daniela, were hired right there, I believe, at the very beginning in March of uh, 2021 to help run it. And and what have you learned so far? Right, right. So um, I know that in, um, I was working with a, through a local community mental health agency, Alma Family Services at the time. And I was, I had met Mr. Leon through um, the district um, attendance review board uh, meetings. I would participate in those meetings. And um, he had mentioned, um, I want to say four to five years ago about his vision to be able to bring clinicians onto the into the district and um, operate here uh, without having to um, depend on the community mental health agencies um, and just making sure to have have clinicians here as district employees to really tend to the needs of the district um, for these students. Um, and so although it had been Although it was something that he had really come to notice as a site administrator, um, the needs of the students in regards to mental health, it really was through the um, reopening of schools task force um, where it really became highlighted that this could come to fruition. And so the pandemic really helped to accelerate the process in bringing these wellness centers and this program just to fruition. Daniela and I did start in uh, March of 2021, and um, it started with a vision of just bringing on clinicians, and little by little, we started to build this program and seeing what the needs are, what different aspects of the program we could we could start and we could focus on. When, when you first started, there was just the two of you, and um, Daniela, were you uh, placed at uh, Fernando Ledesma High School at that time? I was not. So when we first started, we were actually still uh, virtual. So students were still at home. Um, And so what we were doing was providing uh, like workshops, general workshops uh, with like psychoeducation about mental health related issues, uh, providing some self-care ideas, things like that. And then once, well, we continued to work throughout that spring on working on setting up actual wellness centers at each of the schools and just talking, you know, like all the logistical stuff, what room are we going to use? What furniture do we need? What, you know, everything down to staples and, you know, for our staplers that we need to buy and everything. Right. And so, um, that summer we were able to open, I believe we opened four out of the six wellness centers that summer. Um, initially 
it was Imelda and I, and then another coordinator was hired on. And so each of us had two centers that we were ideally supposed to run. Um, I was placed at Mountain View and at Ledesma. And so Ledesma still didn't have a center at the time. So I was mostly based out of Mountain View and would kind of run over to Ledesma when there was the need there. So it was a lot of um, back and forth between the two schools. And that's when we, at that time also, right? When school um, reopened that August, our centers really did not run the way that we had. In, we had come up with this vision of, you know, we're going to run workshops. We're going to do all this like school-wide stuff at each site. And then we quickly realized these are becoming crisis centers right now because students were returning to campus with such high needs, um, a lot of suicidal ideation, a lot of, like I mentioned before, that anxiety, that depression, grieving through a lot of losses and things like that. And just readjusting to being around other people, um, a lot of social anxiety. We saw a lot of that. So we kind of ran crisis centers for that first semester. And it was, I think Imela and I both can agree that it was really hectic and really taxing. Um, and both her and I really advocated for six wellness coordinators because we knew we needed a coordinator at each of our centers uh, to provide those services. And so we were able to bring on um, the final four coordinators at the beginning of this year of 2022. We started hiring uh, four more coordinators and now we're finally at our six, six wellness coordinators, one at each site running each of our centers. And, and now, <laughs> this year, intentionally this past summer, we did a lot of planning and looking back at what our initial vision was and how we're gonna now bring it into fruition, right? So this year we've been able to really provide a lot more workshops, a lot more um, school-wide services versus the, the, the individual services that we were providing. Back then, I feel like we would see maybe five or six students a day and that was it. And now we're able to really target like a larger audience of students. We're able to see a lot of students through those workshops, through those different wellness events that we have, um, through just having our centers open and them coming in and utilizing the services that we have here. Um, they're able to come in during nutrition and lunch before and after school and just hang out if they want to. They have the option of you know, talking with one of us, if that's if that's what they need at that time, a lot of them just want to come in and take a break from the outside world. Um, and so that's where we are now. Um, it's a really big shift <laughs> from what we saw initially last year. And it's really exciting to see um, this growth um, in our program and the development of, of what we've done in the last year and nine months. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, no question, the pandemic hit everyone right between the eyes in so many different fields, of course, and um, uh, probably education was affected more than anyone. Um, Imelda, do you work with um, only the students? Do you work with staff? Do you work with parents? Do you work with uh, teachers? We definitely work with students. That is our focus. But in working with the students, we definitely have to collaborate with site admin, with site administrators, with our counselors, even with our clerks in how to be able um, to best 
serve the students. And uh, as far as families are concerned, parents, families, um, we do work with them through workshops that are offered through linkage of services. I mentioned um, our um, DARB meetings earlier, um, the um, district attendance review board meeting. And through that meeting, there is linkage that happens there and supportive services that are, um, once they are revealed during that process, then we know where we have, where the need is and how to link those families. So um, it happens both directly and indirectly, but, and, and through, if we're gonna mention staff that we also provide professional development workshops for them as well on different topics. We've actually, we're actually just planning for our winter uh, professional development and um, are coming up with topics on, on self-care, on how to manage the holiday blues, um, seasonal depression, topics of, of mindfulness as well. Um, there's just a, a plethora <laughs> of, uh, of subject matters. And so, we definitely um, provide those services, as I mentioned, directly and indirectly, but um, with much support and collaboration with the staff. Right. So, Daniela, and you can answer this too, Imelda. We'll start with Daniela on it. We all know that uh, um, maybe half the battle, three quarters of the battle, is uh, knowing how to be a good listener. I mean, what a shock that is, right? Um, and actually listening, not hearing, listening to what. Um, a student has to say and all that business. Um, but that takes a very talented ear and a very patient ear to do that, does it not? Absolutely. I think you're absolutely right. You hit it right on the nail. Um, a lot of times you'd be surprised that students literally just want somebody to listen to them and actually listen, like take the time to sit, respond with a caring, you know, with a caring heart. Um, a lot of times they don't feel heard. They feel like they, they talk and talk and, you know, a lot of teens do talk a lot, uh, but are they really heard? And then there's teens who just kind of focus a lot on their phones and things like that because of that same reason that they feel like nobody's listening to them. Nobody's paying attention to them. And so being able to have that commitment and that patience to, to sit there and, and, um, and really listen for their needs and what they what they're hoping to get out of that conversation. I think uh, is key. And when they find that, I think they find that peace of mind that somebody really cares about them. You know, and the reason why I brought that up, and I'm so glad you answered that way, um, is it's so true. And you know, that doesn't cost anyone to be a good listener. Um, everyone can be a good listener, and whether they are or not is a different story. And you had something that's so important because uh, we know when now they feel comfortable with you. Of course, now they trust you. Um, and we know how important trust is with mental health to say the, with, with everything for that matter, not just mental health. But now, Danielle, you've set the course where Danielle's going to listen to me or Imelda's going to listen to me. Now they trust you. They'll come to you with issues uh, that they may not share with somebody else. Um, and you've set the course for that. And, you know, that's so important, Danielle, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's a beautiful thing to see, you know, students who maybe would just walk into the center, just kind of test out the waters or they were sent here by somebody and they're like, I just want to I'm just here to, you know, to sit or color. 
and then eventually they start making their way over to like my desk or you know they might mention something and then all of a sudden we're having this conversation this just happened actually with one of my students who had been here pretty consistently almost every day but didn't really talk and almost kind of showed attitude a little bit and i you know i, I had this feeling that there was something going on and then she said you know i feel like people look at me and they just they just judge me and think that i'm full of attitude and all this and i was like wow i was one of those people right but i knew <laughs> there was something there was something deeper and she said you know i i i've had to build this boundary in order to take care of myself to protect myself because of what's happened and i feel like that's the case with a lot of our teams that we're working with and so just being able to see them slowly start to feel like I could trust this person. This person's not going away. This person's not, you know, going to judge me. I see that she's working with other students who seem like they trust her as well. Right. And so being able to to see that that progression and that, you know, those little seeds that we plant maybe here and there eventually start to to grow and bloom. So. Well, it, it, of course they do, and you guys see it all the time. And Imelda, um, is there any type of uh, or issues or they're common that, boy, we're hearing a lot of this from the students um, and not as much of X, and does that change over time? Um, actually, I think that there really is just a lot of anxiety and depression. If I had to pinpoint um, anything. It really is anxiety, depression, and I want to even throw in self-harm. I think that really has been those the focus for us at this point. For us here and for teenagers in general, it's really a difficult time in life. You're really kind of trying to figure out who you are and who you need to be in the world. And I think that, you know, we we did talk about the pandemic and coming out of that and how stressful that was. And, um, you know, one thing that I say, you know, sometimes when parents have a, a difficult time understanding why their child isn't doing any better than they are, um, you know, you have to kind of put it into perspective that as adults, we had a difficult time managing the pandemic. Imagine a child, imagine a child who's in a developmental stage where the most important thing to them are their peers and having to be cut off from peers, um, from uh, any kind of connection to an outside world. It just, uh, you know, th those really are the things that we've been having to focus on now and um, have really developed workshops and have been very intentional in the work that we do and how we're structuring the program to be able to um, tend to those. You know, I want to talk about the setup a little bit. Um, you know, it starts with, because when I both, I met both of you. You're the most personable people in the world. I just thought, wow, I, I really would. I, I would like to spend the rest of the hour just talking about my problems right now with you because <laughs> I feel I could open up so easily right now. Uh, uh, but we won't. We won't go down that. We won't go down that path. But uh, that that's the start. You, you're sitting there at the desk and you're you're basically uh, saying, please come talk to me. I mean, that I'm sure that is your your, your, your body language and everything. And then the other thing is, you know, you, uh, cause you mentioned finding the right furniture and finding the right decor for the, uh, the, the calming room. That is so important because I know that you have some fantastic chairs. I know Imelda, you have these crazy 2001 space oddity chairs where you can just sit in and just like, 
just enter a whole different world. And, and Daniela, you said you're getting beanbag chairs and I haven't sat in a beanbag chair in, I don't know how many years. And I would just love to, I'm going to be just dropping by one time just to do that. Um, but that's the start, isn't it? I mean, just like a, a nice, calm, comfortable room. People come and they're, they're calm. You make them turn off their phones um, and then they can just uh, chill and you, you've got games. So talk a little bit about that. We'll, we'll start with you, Daniela. Uh, talk about uh, stocking the room with the right stuff. Yeah. So I think we were very intentional about, you know, the, the color choices, the, you know, the, the furniture that we wanted in here, the, the, the calming vibe, right. Is what, what students say. It's, it's so common here. I get calming vibes and things like that. Um, we're very intentional about the way we want things to look. We, we, like you mentioned here in my center, um, I have bean bags. Students actually like argue about them because they all want to sit in the bean bags. Um, and what we we really want to create just a, a space that's different from their world outside on campus, right? We want to create a space where they can walk in and feel like, okay, in here, I feel safe. In here, I feel like I can calm down if something's going on. I feel like I can just sit back and relax and not have to stress about what's going on in in class right now or what's going on at home right now. Um, that might still be in their minds, but at least when they're in here, they can hopefully disconnect a little bit. And yeah, we do have that policy during instructional time. They, they cannot be on their phone. And that was also intentional because we want them to disconnect from uh, as we've talked uh, the last time when we talked to social media um, can really be a trigger and and um, or even texting um, if they're arguing with someone and now they're in here texting back and forth with them. That's not the intention of this space. It's for them to disconnect and just be with themselves and think about their needs and what what uh, would help them in that moment. And, and Imelda, you're at uh, South El Monte High School. Is that correct? That's correct. Yes. Okay. So there's a lot of students there. Uh, <laughs> did, did you, do you find the same thing? Do you find the kids uh, kind of fighting over who gets the cool, uh, cool chair? Or they like do. They do. And I, I often have to tell students um, only one person to a chair, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> they really love these pod chairs. And, um, you know, it really is. And, and even as an adult, when I tried them out, I'm like, no wonder, you know, you just kind of, you can spin them around look out the window and just kind of shut the world out for a while. Um, they have a, a noise reduction feature, so you feel like you're getting a hug and you really can escape for a bit. Um, and so they do love those chairs. Um, we also have, um, I'm big on mindfulness, and so we definitely have a lot of um, tools here to be able to practice mindfulness. Um, any chance I get, I know some of the students come in and they'll say that they want a wellness break and just sit and sit on their own. But like Daniela mentioned earlier, little by little, they start inching their way towards us or they'll um, make a gesture letting us know that we're welcome to speak to them. <laughs> and it's just being aware of that and of their body language and all of those things that we should pick up on as clinicians. And so that's kind of how, how a lot of the conversations start and a lot of the connections start. And one of the things that, um, that I know that I strive for with every student that comes in is that I want to make sure that they feel seen. Yeah, even if it if it's just 
a greeting even you know commenting on something about their appearance and how how awesome their shirt is or um gosh i really i'm, I'm really digging your haircut you know just making little comments and knowing that um that we're approachable and that we're safe for them and i think that really goes a long way and i i've had experiences like daniela mentioned um earlier about those students that come in and are a bit standoffish and then before you know it they're telling you their life story and telling you their their burdens and come back for that. Um, so I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I mentioned to my family when they ask, how do I like my job? I always say I listen to teens talk about the most grueling times of their lives, the most grueling experiences that they have. And at and and I love it. I enjoy it. I, it's 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 hard work, but it's such rewarding work to know that this is what we're giving to them. And the next thing I wanted to talk about a little bit, because I, I think all of this goes into social media. You say turn off your phones. Uh, social media is is something that you know, we expect kids to be able to handle it. Adults can't handle it. Adults <laughs> don't even know how to run social media companies for for crying out loud. Um, and and that kind of leads into into, into something else because um, of this sort of uh, time that we're in when we see our uh, our leaders uh, breaking the rules, uh, not accepting responsibility, being held unaccountable. You know, this is going to filter on down to the kids at a certain time. I mean, I see it on the road every day. I, I feel like suddenly uh, nobody feels like they have to drive, like, you know, drive well anymore. They you cut you <laughs> off. I mean, I mean, we're laughing now. I'm not very happy when, when it happens, obviously that's when this is what I was going to talk to you about. And you wonder, well, then their kids are going to be driving like that. So uh, talk a little about social media and then also to sort of this uh, pervasive attitude of, of unaccountability that's just really coming down from the top because the kids really absorb that, don't they? Uh, I think Imelda, let's start with you on that one. And then Daniela. Yeah, so with social media, obviously, um, it is a cause for anxiety. Um, it uh, it really just heightens everything. I feel like even you know where if if you were a, a teen who maybe got bullied at school, once you left school, you could at least escape that for a bit. Now with cyberbullying and being so tapped into that it you know it, there's just a continuance and a magnification of everything and so um, I definitely see how that is um, impactful uh, on our on our teens on our children I'm sorry what was the second part of your question Kevin oh it, it just the, the the way oh, that the the kids absorb yeah absorb the right. uh, the lack of accountability right so with the accountability I think it's you know it's natural for uh, for teenagers to test limits. That's the job of children. Um, they test limits. That's how they learn boundaries. That's how the world teaches them boundaries and us as adults and parents teach them boundaries. So that I, I, I see that more as um, part of a developmental phase. <laughs> and I, I do see where we can say that um, the way that things are now and the way that society is, but 
if I can think of a time when I was a teenager, I think it was in different ways that the limits were being tested. But I think this is kind of the job of what children do. This is really their job. And it really is up to us to provide guidance. They're not going to make the best of decisions all the time, but that's what we're there for. Okay. But don't want to mention to them that it's a job of theirs because then they'll want to get paid. But anyway, I would, <laughs> Danielle, <laughs> go ahead and complete the thought. I think it, I, everything in my lesson and, and also, you know, um, being that person who maybe asks them about, engages them in that conversation about like, what is it about this person that you're following that, that you've become so somewhat obsessed with or like addicted to, you know, I have students who are like, I go and buy everything this person posts or, you know, I do all the things this person talks about and things like that. And it, it's just engaging them in, in that, like, you know, kind of that reflected, let's reflect on why, why this person, what does this person represent to you? What does this person mean to you? And, you know, and, and talking about that healthy versus unhealthy, you know, uh, relationships, right? Because this is all part of it. It all comes down to, they, they have this relationship with this person that's behind a screen and, and, you know, what are some things that, that are unhealthy about, about um, this kind of obsession with following this person? Um, and how is it impacting you emotionally and needing to keep up with these certain things, right? Needing to keep up these certain appearances or these certain um, ways of acting or being or buying. And what does that need? And sometimes it goes deeper than that of, you know, what are you missing that you feel like you're getting from this person? You know, I'm, I'm going to steal one of Kevin's uh, questions from him. Uh, he, he writes great talking points. And, uh, but this one, but, but I, I've always thought about this as myself. So here you folks are, and you're listening to some pretty compelling stories, some heart shattering stories and, and many times, and you do it every day in and out. How do you guys get away from that? How do you relax? You know, I'll start with you on that, Imelda. You know, you come home and you've heard these and uh, whether it's your family or someone starts unloading on you, do you go back into your, all right, let's calm down. Let me, let me continue what I'm doing for another eight hours. Or do I say, I'm off the clock. I'm going to watch uh, Cartoon Network for God's sake, you know? <laughs> Drew, this feels like a confessional. <laughs> <laughs> yes, by the way, this is recorded and it will be in your dossier tomorrow. So uh... <laughs> I have to tell you that the point that I start practicing self care is as soon as I get in my car. I will put on a really good tune. I will sing along. I will um, throw on a, a good podcast. Um, and I'll be tuning into this one. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I definitely start to unwind as soon as I get in my car. Listening to really good music is such a way for myself to, for me to ground myself. So it starts there. By the time I get home, I don't know that as a clinician that we really ever do switch off. That uh, being in service of others, um, I don't know that we, that I ever fully turn that off. So. I'm fully tuned into others and I definitely have to work at being tuned into myself and what my needs are at the end of the day. Um, I do appreciate some solace 
um, when I get home and because of, of work hours of individuals at home, I definitely have some time to myself. And so um, a lot of deep breathing happens. <laughs> I, I have a dog, I have a boxer named Diesel and he, he is, um, he really is a good source of, um, of release for me. And, and I have loved ones who really know me well and know when I need to take some space. So I, I'm appreciative of that to no end. Daniela? So I, I, I have to agree with Imela. There has to be, I feel the same way in terms of having a difficult time shutting it off. Um, my husband always jokes, like, it seems like you have the word therapist stamped across your forehead because I feel like we'll go to the store we'll go to like a restaurant we'll go places and and people just I don't know will naturally tell me their entire life story and you know right um and and I know we've had this conversation before Imelda but um and and like Imelda I have a hard time connecting to the needs that I have and remembering that that that's important and practicing what I preach um about self-care and taking care of myself. Um, my husband is an assistant principal, and so he wants to come home and tell me all the stuff he heard from his teens, you know, and all the stuff that he's dealing with. I have two teens at home, and so sometimes that definitely becomes a little overwhelming of, okay, I just spent a whole day listening to teens and, and every everything difficult that's been going on. And then I go home and, and the teen life is still all around me. Well, that's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? Uh, uh, you know, a therapist and an assistant principal, because the assistant principals are the enforcers, are they not? You know, they... <laughs> For the most part, I think. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So they 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 have a different perspective altogether. Wow. How much does technology cause this uh, mental uh, stress? I know for adults it does when things fail, but it's the same thing with kids. Um, I'll start with you on this, Danielle, and, and pitch it over to Melda. We know they love social media. Kevin brought that question up, but when that doesn't work for them because of technology, does that add to their phenomenal mental health stress? Absolutely. I think. Um we just had an experience here where kind of like the internet wasn't working very well. Uh, finals are coming up for students next week. Everyone kind of started. You could feel that, you know, oh my God, like my Chromebook isn't working. I can't even do it, like log in on my phone. You know, it was that reaction of this is what we know and this is how we know to work right now. You know, like back when I was a teen, I had to pull out encyclopedias at the library and like look up whatever I was doing my project on. Now they just, you know, log into a computer and, and do it. And so when that's not available, it becomes this, this, uh, this panic almost of, you know, um, how am I, how am I still going to be connected? Um, because a, a lot of times in these conversations, they feel like they're connected when they're on social media when they're using the internet, right? And so when when that's not happening, they're like, like, how will I know what happened to this person if I don't see their post? Or how will I know, um, you know, that that uh, what to put on my project if I can't log in and, and research it? Um, yeah, and, and to that point, Daniela, maybe you can address this, Imelda. Um, what's really interesting, and we all know this has happened, at least in our business world, 
Um, what you know, the internet and texting has done is that it, someone expects you to give an answer in five seconds, right? So they text you at you know twelve fifty nine, you know, right before one in the morning, and uh, you didn't respond to me. Well, I might have been asleep. Do you ever think of that? And uh, so, but my point, Amelda, is: Do you think that also is puts the stress on the students that sometimes people are expecting an instant answer back? from some type of a text or a tweet or an Instagram or half the stuff I don't even understand, you know? Absolutely. But I think it works both ways. I think it's vice versa. I think they're expecting a response, an immediate response from whoever they're texting as well. And I really see that, um, you know, as you, we see that firsthand when the students come into the center and they're coming for a wellness break. And the minute they know that um, they have to, you know, put the phones in their backpack and not use them during instructional time, you immediately see the anxiety in some of the students. And, you know, some of the students have said, oh, well, then I'll just go back to class, <laughs> even though they need the wellness break because of that. And I really do see that as an opportunity to provide some psychoeducation for the students as far as, um, this is why you should stay. This is why it would benefit you to stay. And this is why it would benefit you to keep your phone in your backpack or in your back pocket for, for the time that you're here. Um, and just explaining that to them and providing that psychoeducation as far as, um, you know, making sure to take some time and that the, the grounding and the relaxation can't happen if you have your phone in your hand um, waiting for it to go off. And so um, there's plenty of opportunity for, for those conversations here. Um, but I really do see that as, as those moments, those golden moments um, where um, things are happening in real time and we just jump on it. <laughs> exactly, Kevin? Well, I was just wondering, do kids today even know what the term busy signal means? Because <laughs> when I was growing up, that was... That was your unreturned text uh, or unanswered text or, or whatever. But I'm realizing just now that's completely outdated. I don't think anybody's heard a busy signal in who knows how long. I, I just don't know. Uh, <laughs> this is all very fascinating. Uh, well, I, you know, we've had, we're talking to Imelda Morones. She is a wellness coordinator uh, for the El Monte Union High School District. Uh, she is working at South El Monte High School and also Daniela Chavez, also a wellness coordinator at El Monte Union High School District. And she works out of Fernando Ledesma High School. Uh, and we're having a fascinating conversation. I can tell you right now, we're not going to get to everything on the list because, uh, <laughs> Uh, there's just so much to talk about. So uh, while we have a few last minutes here, uh, I want to talk about uh, uh, partnerships are so important to these uh these initiatives and i know that you have taken the time to to go out into the community and, and find uh the right ones and the best ones so uh talk a little bit about the importance of having uh the, the local uh, mental health partnerships from the from the community that you have uh, i guess Melda, go ahead sure thank you for that kevin um you know i i really would love the opportunity to highlight our our community mental health partners. Um, these have been local um, agencies that had already, most of them had already um, collaborated with the district, but um, we've definitely tried to streamline uh, the effort. Um, myself as, I I'm a wellness coordinator, obviously at South Edmonton High School, but I also serve as the um, 
mental health liaison for the district. And so I've really worked in um, fostering and building these collaborative um, relationships with our, our agencies. And to date, we have about 10 established um MOUs with agencies, with local agencies, and um, they've been supportive of our school district. They've been supportive of our students, of their parents, of our community, um, and we really have just streamlined an effort as far as linkage, as far as referrals to um, them. If they have pushed pause, as many agencies have in our mental health field these days, being inundated with um, with referrals, um, they always uh, offer alternatives and and other uh, agencies, other resources for us. And so um, it really has been a little bit of a labor of love for me to be able to streamline the effort. We've um, we've recently um, launched with um, some of our agencies um, and this had been something that we had been working on for some time we developed a a, a portal a referral center portal where um, all of the referrals that are being sent out to our agencies are in this portal and all of our agencies have access to all of the referrals that we've submitted and they can go right onto that portal up Date the status of the referrals um, so that th that has decreased the need for us to from all six of our locations to call each of the agencies and follow up on each referral individually. Um, so it really is just streamlining the effort and um, they've been so supportive of it. And um, and I'm just grateful that through our district, we were able to make this happen and dream dream it up and make it happen. <laughs> Yeah, and, and and kudos to El Monte Union uh, for for bringing this initiative. As as I said, this is this is a, a newer concept for school districts to have not just a, like a, a psychologist or somebody on hand for the entire district, but to put wellness coordinators in every in, in every single school. And, and Daniela, uh, you have you and Imelda started off. Uh, you were the first two. You've hired four more for this year. So how are things working out for them? Uh, how are they how are they acclimating are they as bright and bubbly and fantastic as you are absolutely they are okay, and can i give them a quick shout out patty rodriguez is over at mountain view high school brenda chavelas is um at rosemead high school eileen villarroel is our coordinator at arroyo high school and beatriz ornelas our most recent hire um is at el Monte high school and i think you know when we all get together <laughs> our meetings can take a long time because we all like to have fun uh and it's what what we talk about is you know the the job that we do can be really hard we listen to a lot of difficult stories we deal with a lot of difficult situations and so um when we all get to to talk and and we all know the work that we're doing we're the only people that know the work that we're doing and so we use it as our space to 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 vent to talk to laugh um and so I think we all collaborate really well and, and are able to come up with really cool ideas for, for our students. You know, um, you know we, we, we do different campaigns every single month to kind of um, talk about certain um, topics that are important like suicide awareness, bullying prevention, uh, 
you know, teen dating violence um, awareness and prevention. And so I think when we all get to work together collaboratively on these on these efforts, it makes it makes everything even better because I don't think Imela and I could do this job just the two of us alone. Um, and and so <laughs> I think she would agree. <laughs> I do, but, I do, I do. <laughs> I know what that was like for for a while, and so it's it's been great to have um, an additional four coordinators who also have a heavy role in in how this program functions and runs. So how much um, are you getting great feedback from the students that you're learning as much from them as they're learning from you? I'll start with you on that, Imelda. Well, thank you so much for that question, Drew. Um, We um, are actually going to be presenting um, on the, um, on our wellness program uh, next week at our board meeting. And, um, you know, our board has been super supportive of our program and of us and of the work we're doing. And we're so glad to be able to highlight it and to have some time to do that um, and to have the forum to do that. And in preparation of that board presentation, um, we had students that came forward and wanted to provide feedback. They um, were willing to either write um, notes of support or be filmed and be interviewed and to be able to state in their own words um, how much these centers have helped them, how how much they feel supported by these centers and how much they how how much they feel that um, that these centers um, are just a necessity on the campuses. Um, they really have been supportive. We have those regulars that come by every time, you know, every day, and they're either here during nutrition or during lunch breaks. Um, and this is a safe haven for them. And it's really been, um, I think, I, I think I can speak for Daniela, myself, and the rest of, of, of our coordinators, of even our director, to say that we have been blown away with the kind of feedback that we've gotten from. Um, from our students. It really has been amazing. Yeah, Danielle, you want to add to that? Yeah, I think um, in preparation for this also, we had about 600 students who completed a survey, just kind of giving us feedback on the wellness program. Um, Really high reviews. Um, I I love to hear students call it their home away from home, you know, their their safe space. Um, And and it's nice to see, you know, the different kinds of students who come in here and how they all start kind of connecting with each other and maybe students who wouldn't have talked in the past are now friends are now meeting up at the wellness center or you know connecting with each other in classes and things like that and and just being able to provide the space for that to happen is also is also awesome yeah you know perhaps something is so spot on and again kevin and i are preaching to the congregation you guys know this better than we do but, you know, those connections and that person that um, you don't know and, boy, they seem standoffish and then they open their mouth and they're your best friend, for God's sake, right? You know, and now when they're in another class with you, whether it's in uh, in this school or it's in community college or it's they see you on the street, uh, you've made that connection. And uh, that just goes so long and so far, in this, especially in this area, too. 
And I think there's a lot to be said about that, that sometimes you can't, it's not empirical, it's not measured, right? And uh, you guys know it sometimes, you know, it's just not a number you can measure, you just, it's a feeling that you see with these folks. So I really applaud you. And I know Kevin does too. Uh, this is so important. Um, it's probably long overdue, to be honest with you, you know, in the schools, to say the least. And you know this better than anyone. And Kevin and I have chatted about this when we've had other folks deal with mental health. You know, this didn't start with the pandemic. You know, we've had some mental health issues in this country, probably since people are walking upright, for that matter. But uh, certainly in the last 10, 15 years. And uh, so I, I applaud you. My hat's off to you. And uh, uh, you two are delight and uh, your four colleagues as well. And uh, we're honored to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Drew. You're and, welcome. And and I, I will want to add to that. Well, actually a lot to that. I don't know how much uh, we have time for, but you know, you go back to that whole thing. If you can just help one person, uh, in their lives, uh, get on the right track. And it's obvious that you are helping, uh, dozens and dozens and dozens, uh, all throughout the, all throughout the district every single day. So it's more than just one person you're helping you're, 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 you're changing the culture, uh, of an entire generation for the better. Um, and again, as Drew said, that is very much overdue. Um, I wanted to, uh, we just have a couple of, uh, uh, just a few minutes left. There is a mental health fair coming up in the district uh, in May. Uh, Melda or Daniela, do either one of you want to kind of give us a preview of what uh, the community can expect there and, and the date? And time. Yeah, we, we don't have an official date yet. Uh, we okay. were trying to figure it out yesterday, but it will be in May because May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we, we really want to put together a mental health fair for our community, for our students, for our staff to come um, and talk with our community partners, talk with, you know, um, or get some workshops, get some different things on psychoeducation about, you know, mental health, um, really trying to continue the destigmatization of it and just making it this fun event where uh, families can come and, and enjoy and hopefully have different booths with different, um, not, not just information, but also maybe some self-care activities right because that's what we're really promoting um and so we're really excited because it'll be our very first uh mental health fair um it'll it'll take place here at, at um fernando Ledesma high school we just had our ribbon cutting ceremony for our brand new gym uh, yes last night. yes and i heard that went really really well you had you had uh student singers and pozole yes. and everything didn't you Yes, actually, she the student that's saying is is one of the students that is here constantly uh, that calls the center her home. And so oh, it was beautiful wonderful. to see her, you know, in her in her spotlight. Um, I don't know. Maybe we'll get her for the mental health fair. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> right? We do want to have entertainment and different things. So so hopefully I'll, I'll have a conversation with her and she'll be open. Is it appropriate to call it a first annual? Mental Ooh. health fair. If it's I, the first inaugural, is it... inaugural. Inna there you go. Thank you. I learned that many years ago. You never, you never <laughs> want to say first annual because well, it's well, not the annual. Kevin, Kevin, I'm going to have to correct you because oh, now wait a minute. It, oh. because AP style book has changed. AP style book has changed since you and I were doing it. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, Kevin and I are dating ourselves back to the when there was barely running water in the in the news. Oh, no. <laughs> we plan to make it annual. How about okay. that? Well, <laughs> or the strunken whatever style guy. 
Struck in white. Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Well, maybe I've been overruled there. We'll have to hash this out and I'll right. be Melda and Daniel. I'll be seeing you uh, tomorrow for our session, but <laughs> um, I did, but seriously, I, I want to go back because Danielle, you mentioned this at the, at the top of the program and just now, uh, and, and it, it is really, is the destigmatization uh, of, of mental health. I, I've, I've kind of seen it um in my own life where you're just not admitting that there is a it's a problem in this area perhaps in your family uh and it, it just can really just spread and and wreck everything you, you you've really got to there there is no reason on earth to not seek help and and admit that you might have a problem if you broke your arm you'd go get the doctor stitch it up you know if you needed to have any kind of a medical intervention uh you certainly would never hesitate to do that and I don't sure why people don't do that with their own mental health, uh, because it uh, if if you can get the help that you need, you will live a much better life, be much happier um, and and have better relationships with those around you. So I really, really thank you for what you're trying to do to destigmatize uh, the mental illness and everything. And one, one of these days, uh, we might be able to say that we've uh, made a real breakthrough there. Uh, but certainly at El Monte Union, you have made a breakthrough. Um, and again, we're talking with uh, Daniela Chavez of El Monte Union and uh, Imelda Morones of El Monte Union. They are wellness coordinators. Uh, they are doing a tremendous job and in, in bringing this uh, program to the district and in just a lot of progress you've made in just a year and nine months. So I really want to thank you there. We are at the end of the program. So uh, for the last time this year in 2022, we'll uh, we'll, we'll swing it over to the guests for some uh, thank yous and shout outs, uh, whoever you want to uh, do that too. Amelda, we can start with you. Who'd you like to give a shout out to? So I really want to shout out our director, <laughs> Alejandro Leon. Um, honestly, this would, we would not be here. This program would not be here if he hadn't been such an advocate for it and have already envisioned um, this for us. Um, I, you know, he is a great supporter of what we do and, um, he ensures that, um, there's supporters all the way around in this district. Um, and so, you know, there, there's many to name, there are many to name as far as, um, those who have been in, in great support of us and what we're doing and, um, afford us this opportunity to be able to, um, be in service to, these students, to their families, to this community. Um, and I, I just, I just really want to say that I feel beyond grateful um, to be here and to be able to be in service and in service in this way. Um, so I just like to thank him personally and professionally and <laughs> just say, you know, without, without his vision and without his support, um, this would be a very different um, program. Absolutely. Wonderfully said. Daniela? Yeah, thank you. Um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our wellness clerks because they were just hired a few months ago and have made a tremendous um, difference in the running of our centers and supporting our efforts. Um, and so I want to shout out Anaí Marquez, Blanca Jacobo, Jade Ortega, Karen de la Torre, Ariana Cadena and Kathy Salinas. I think without having them here, um, 
to, like I said, support our efforts, you know, down to keeping our centers beautiful, um, making copies, talking with students and making sure they're all signing in, um, you know, just supporting us in general and the work that we're doing um, has been such a tremendous help. And so I wanted to make sure we said their names and were able to shout them out. Um, um, so thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you for uh, thank you for the, giving them the credit they deserve. I mean, that was uh, there was so much more that we we could have gone over. You know, you have a, a wellness intern program, you uh, student wellness supporters. Uh, please come back on the program so that we can talk about this a little bit more. Uh, maybe in May, uh, around the time that you're having the uh, the health fair, because uh, you you two are just wonderful guests. Probably should just be hosting your own mental <laughs> wellness podcast. Honestly, uh, we're not we're not joking about this you you two are wonderful together so uh <laughs> and and thank you so much for coming here on on california school news radio uh we really enjoyed it uh really uh great to 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 finish this uh year with a bang like this so uh, uh thank you so much again uh but before we go uh today i would like to take a few minutes uh since it is the uh end of the year to uh thank our california school news radio team uh, it's been a great year it's been a long year uh, we wouldn't be able to put these shows together without such an amazing group. Uh, you know, we, uh, we've been producing these shows in-house now for about a year or two. And, and, and I think the results have just been through the roof. It's, it, these are really special people that we work with. And I'd like to start with our engineers, Ad Santel, uh, Andrew Landeros, Kelly Wynn. Uh, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time week in, week out. Uh, Kelly's also our social media coordinator. Uh, without these people, we wouldn't have a show to present to you. Uh, thank you to our producers and outreach coordinators, Andy Torres and Danny Paulus, uh, for their boundless enthusiasm. Uh, without them, no one would hear us. Uh, thank you to our uh, senior associates. Uh, I, I refer to them as the hardest working education team in communications, and I'm understating it uh, for sure. Maria Hernandez, uh, who brought us today's guests, also Lauren Kreiman, Andrea Garcia, Amanda Nieto, Raymond Dosa, Blair Landry, Katie Emerson, Andrew Shortall. I hope I'm not leaving anybody out. Uh, these are the people who find the stories and bring them to us. Uh, without them, we would have no guests. Uh, thank you to our Director of Public Affairs, uh, Karen McMillan, for all of her generous support. Thank you to our office manager, Lorraine McWhorter, who is here for us day and night. Thank you to Hannah Flanagan for our doing our, our introduction at the beginning of the program. Uh, thank you for to Tina Dossi for being so kind and supportive. And thank you to the VMA infrastructure team. You are awesome. Also like to give a shout out to our friend Paul Drodes, who has served in various capacities with VMA over the years, including here at California School News Radio. We just found out today Paul's moving on at the end of the year, and I want to thank him for all the help he's provided and for all the great conversations about sports and music. Uh, Paul, all of us at VMA wish you the best of luck in the future. Of course, Juice Lossberg, our golden voice for being the heart and soul of the program and having a passion for education and good stories and great questions. Um, and last but not least, I'd like to thank Val Martinez of VMA Communications. She is the one. She allows us to bring these stories in each and every week. She is uh, just the, the best person ever. Um, and I look forward to a new year in 2023 when we'll continue to bring you what's right in education and with that, finally, uh, that's it for this edition of California School News Radio. Uh, like I said, we'll be back again next year with many, many uh, great stories again. And until then, uh, stay safe and stay educated. Thanks. <laughs>